0: Section 54 of Curiosities of Street Literature This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano Curiosities of Street Literature by various division three part three prophecy for eighteen fifty John Harkness printer church street office north road Preston now Christmas it is gone and passed throughout the british nation come list to me and you will see a wonderful alteration in the new year there will appear or i may cause a blunder some curious changes that will fill you with amaze and wonder chorus so listen to me of all degree both single wise and thrifty while i prophesy what you will see in eighteen hundred and fifty the queen will have another son he will be a steam-loom-weaver, and Prince Albert he is going to be a whopping big coal-heaver. Old Wellington, as I've heard say, with his great whacking nose, sir, with a donkey-cart, is going out a-gathering old clothes, sir. Russell and Gray, as I've heard say, are going to be sailors, and Bobby Peel will make of steel New thimbles for the tailors. Cobden and Bright will have a fight, And conquer in dirchman. Without protection, in a crack, Knock down the Duke of Richmond. The muck-carts they will go by steam, No horses will be wanted. We will have four-pound loaves For three pence each, Then we shall be undaunted. Girls must new-fashioned whiskers wear, fine lawns they must adorn her their stockings must be made of gold brought home from california all females over seventeen that out-of-doors are flocking will sadly rue if there should be a hole seen in their stocking either in the leg or heel the law to nothing flinches each bustle must be stuffed with straw full nine feet eleven inches and very soon in may or june we will be amazed with wonder for it will either rain or freeze with heavy claps of thunder the free hall is going to fall believe me it's no fable and legs of mutton from the clouds will fall upon the table no little boys must smoke cigars nor yet be seen a courting. Male and female under twenty-two must not be seen a-flirting. Any factory lass that has a child until she is married, really, must serve twelve months in, blank, or else in the new bailey. If any landlord call for rent upon a Monday morning, his tenants shall be authorized without a moment's warning to strip him naked to the skin in any sort of weather, daub him with tar from head to foot, and cover him with feathers. And, Scotchmen, too, mark what I say, you may roll in soot and cinders, and after that take him upstairs and throw him through the windows. They will take the duty off the gin and clap it on the muscles. AND LAY AN EXTRA SHILLING ON THE gutta PERCHA bustles. THE OLD WOMEN THEY WILL DANCE WITH GLEE, AND IF I AM NOT MISTAKEN, THEY WILL TAKE THE DUTY OFF THE TEA, THE SUGAR AND THE BACON. MORNING AND NIGHT THEY'LL HAVE FAT CAKES, THE FRYING PANS WILL FLOURISH, WITH MUTTON CHOPS AND GOOD BEEF STEAKS, THEIR STOMACHS FOR TO NOURISH. GRACE DARLING I pray give attention to what I shall mention. There was a young damsel lived by the seaside. Her name was Grace Darling, a good-hearted heroine, and she, with her father alone, did reside. She was brave and undaunted, possessed of great courage. Her heart often beat in her breast, we are told. While the seas were commotion she ventured the ocean grace hoarsely darling a female so bold on the sixth of september the forfisher steamer sailed from hull to the port of dundee with her crew on board and forty-one passengers all hearts light and merry we put out to sea with her full crew and passengers sixty in number the vessel proceeded so gallant were told THEY THOUGHT NOT OF STORMS, NOR EVEN OF DANGER, THOUGH RESCUED FROM DEATH BY GRACE DARLING SO BOLD, IN THE DEAD OF THE NIGHT, ON THE SIXTH OF SEPTEMBER, THE CREW AND PASSENGERS FELT DREADFUL SHOCKS, AGAINST LONGSTONE ISLAND WITH FORCE SO TREMENDOUS, THE FORFISHER STEAMER SHE WENT ON THE ROCKS, ASUNDER SHE rent, WHILE THE CREW fell FELLOW WEEPING, AND SOME FROM THE DECK TO DEEP THEY WERE ROLLED but the shrieks and the cries met the ears of that female grace darling that gallant young woman so bold in the dead of the night this undaunted young female oh father dear father awake she did cry aroused from your slumber and launch the boat quickly poor creatures to save our efforts let's try i fear there's a wreck let us strive then to rescue some part of the crew from the deep sad and cold their shrieks do appal me their cries she said pierce me grace darling that gallant young female so bold says her father dear daughter this night it is stormy tis cold and the seas they do run mountains high it is folly my child to attempt on the billow i fear not the danger dear father she cried the boat was launched quickly, the seas loudly roaring, To the wreck with her father she ventured were told. And nine of the sufferers she saved from drowning, Grace darling, that gallant young female so bold. When the danger was past, her bosom beat lightly, Yet tears from her eyes in large torrents did fall, And saying we've only saved nine out sixty Oh I wish, dearest father, we could have saved all, since her life she did hazard through tempests to save them, her name shall be written in letters of gold. With health and long life to that gallant young damsel, grace hoarsely darling, that female so bold. Sayers and Heenan's Great Fight for the Championship Upon the seventeenth day of April, all in the morning soon, the Yankee and the champion Sayers, prepared to meet their doom the train it ran along like wind coaches and cabs did fly both men appeared determined to conquer or to die they fought like lions in the ring both men did boldly stand they two hours and six minutes fought and neither beat his man tom hit at the benicia boy right well you may suppose HEENAN RETURNED THE COMPLIMENT UPON THE CHAMPION'S NOSE. LIKE TWO GAME COCKS THEY STOOD THE TEST, AND EACH TO WIN DID TRY. ERIN GO bra!" CRIED HEENAN, I WILL CONQUER, LADS, OR DIE. CRIED SAYERS, I WILL NOT GIVE IN, NOR TO A Yankee YIELD, THE BELT I MEAN TO KEEP MY BOYS, OR DIE UPON THE FIELD. THEY TOGETHER STOOD IT MANFULLY, Surprised, all in the ring. There never was such a battle since Jack Langham tackled spring. Such fibbing and such up and down. Lore, how the swells did shout. Their ribs did nicely rattle. And their daylight near knocked out. Tom Sayers led into Heenan. Heenan led into Tom. While the fancy brawled and shouted, Lads, my jolly lads, go on two long hours and six minutes they fought and the claret flew sayers proved himself a brick so did yankee doodle do the bets did fly about my boys and numbers looked with joy on sayers the british champion and the bold benacea boy they both had pluck and courage each proved himself a man none better since the days of spring IN THE BRITISH RING DID STAND. Aaron GOBRAH, CRIED "Heenan, I WANT THE ENGLISH BELT, WHEN TOM LET FLY SAYING I WILL DIE, OR KEEP THE BELT MYSELF. AT LENGTH POUNCED IN THE PEELERS, AND AROUND THE RING DID JOG, SO THOSE HEROES WERE SURROUNDED BY A LOT OF HAMPSHIRE HOGS, WHO CAUSED THEM TO CUT THEIR STICK, AND FROM THE FIGHT REFRAIN, THAT THEY WERE BOTH DETERMINED, IN THE RING, TO MEET AGAIN. WE ADMIT TOM SAYERS HAD HIS MATCH, ONE WHO DID HIM ANNOY, WITH LOTS OF PLUCK AND COURAGE, WAS THE BOLD Benicia BOY. AND WHEN TWO HEROES FIGHT AGAIN, FOR HONOR AND FOR WEALTH, HE THAT'S THE BEST MAN IN THE RING, SHALL CARRY OFF THE BELT. H. DISLEY, PRINTER 57 high street st giles london terrible accident on the ice in regent's park and loss of forty lives of all the dread calamities you ever yet did hear either in history or story if pity is within your breast you will shed a silent tear and mourn for those drowned now in glory the fifteenth of January that Tuesday afternoon, some hundreds on the ice took their station, young men and boys in youth and bloom to the park went for healthy recreation, but soon it gave way, more than forty lost their lives. The widows and poor orphans told distress to them God bless those gallant hearts to save life did strive, and those now in heaven, God rest them. T'was near four o'clock, how dreadful to relate, The ice it broke up in every quarter, Two hundred then fell in, oh, what a sad fate! All struggled for their lives in the water, The cries of the people, as they stood upon the shore. To witness such a scene most distressing, Some clung to each other, but now are no more. In grief are the friends of the missing, what must have been the feelings of those standing by? Unable to save and madly raving, The women rushed about, and bitterly did cry, My children, my children, oh, save them! Wives calling to their husbands, Children, father dear! But few that were able to assist them, Now all will miss their own, for them shed a tear kind fathers the children will miss them they clung to the ice until so benumbed with cold the ice in their grasp broke asunder one lady on the shore in grief did behold her husband exhausted go under two sisters were screaming and calling for aid their sorrow poor girls could not smother in anguish wrung their hands and frantically said FOR GOD'S SAKE, SAVE MY POOR BROTHER. THE MOST MOURNFUL PART REMAINS TO BE TOLD. AS THE BODIES TO THE DEAD HOUSE WERE TAKEN, AT THE WORKHOUSE GATE, TWO THOUSAND YOUNG AND OLD, THE SCENE, IT WAS TRULY HEART-BREAKING. ONE BODY WAS OWNED BY AN OLD GENTLEMAN. MY SON CAN'T BE DEAD, HE SAID, WHILE CRYING. HE LEFT ME BUT TWO HOURS, WAS STRONG AND CHEERFUL THEN. For a father so old it's very trying the doctors did their best in saving many lives of those that were in this sad disaster officials one and all mr douglas and his wife long life to that kind workhouse master a poor faithful dog saw his master disappear and never left the park since that evening no food will he take by the water stays near for its master, the poor dog is grieving. H Disley, printer, fifty seven High Street, St. Giles. End of section fifty four. Recording by Greg Giordano. Newport Richie, Florida.